0: We are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right. It's Andy, aka Producer, by the way, or Producer Btw on Twitter. Sitting right next to me is Danny Gutz. That's
1: right, Danny Gutierrez, D Gutierrez, eighty four. If you care to say hello on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and uh, just for any newcomers to the show, we have a website. It's thecoinboys.com. There you will find three buttons. If you want to go to Google Play, SoundCloud, or iTunes, those are all of our outlets available to listen to our podcast. Also. Stay on the website because there's blogs, right, Daniel? Yep,
1: we're starting up a new blog area, so if you have any suggestions, let us know if you have something you want us to talk about.
0: Let us know. Why not? And what's great is that you can't find this kind of stuff anywhere else. This is, this is our own Coinboys editorial. That's correct. Which is really cool. And I'm excited about that. And stay tuned on the website. We're going to be adding more and more things to the website and even possibly some t-shirts soon. So we'll keep you guys posted about that. Uh, but more importantly, uh, Daniel here... Did another solo interview, is that right, Daniel? That's
1: correct. Why did I, why was I by myself?
0: Because we had two interviews scheduled the same day at jury duty. Yes. Um. And yes, you had to do. I had to tell you, hey. You got to do two. (laughs) Not only that, you had to take a couple of important phone calls as well. I actually had to
1: work, guys, and it sucked. I started a podcast with Andy because Andy said he'd do all the work. He just fucking lied. Well, (laughs) can't do it all the time. I know, but he was serving uh, serving the country, doing his duty. Uh, He's done now, so we're back. But we're going to be talking about something pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, so ICX Station, which... Uh, is very interesting because it has some sort of association with yeah they'll explain icon what it is. foundation but we'll That's get correct. into that uh, but also just to backtrack Daniel we did a coin of the show on icon yes long time ago uh, back in the
1: early days. back in the early
0: days which is cool I'm gonna link that down below in the description if you want to check it out um, I want to
1: check it out before you link that okay you know why? because I want to see what what we've learned because oh, sure. the whole point is we've we've learned so I would like to correct. Yeah, absolutely. Link it. And we want to definitely correct any of the any of the mistakes that we made the first time.
0: And I want to be candid is that we didn't have the ability to interview someone apart or near the project where we could ask the questions we want. We had to just deal with the research we could find
1: at the time. Yes. But now
0: now a lot more informative. We got Scott Smiley, right?
1: Yes. Excellent name.
0: Yes, the easiest name.
1: Yes, and he's really cool, really Scott, nice. Scott,
0: you have the easiest name out of anyone we've interviewed. Yeah, that
1: was so easy to remember. It was yes. sweet.
0: Uh, but um, Scott's really cool, nice. Uh, he
1: he definitely taught me a lot. The This particular coin, um, in terms of what it does differently, there's a few things that it does differently from from the majors that you've heard of. So it's pretty interesting. And we get a little bit into governance, which I didn't really know too much about. I kind of assumed what, what it meant um, because we understand the process of voting but he definitely kind of broke it down for me and it was really sweet that's
0: awesome and again i think uh i'm grateful that you were able to push forward and get uh, this interview down i'm excited to hear it uh what are we going to be throwing to daniel he's
1: going to tell you who he is what he does and we're going to go from there
0: all right guys so here is scott smiley with icx station
2: so i'm sure many of you are familiar with ethereum and other smart contract platforms We have all of those capabilities, but with some technological differences and governance differences. So uh, unlike proof of work or traditional proof of stake, ICON is a variant of delegated proof of stake, but we're calling it delegated proof of contribution because it's not just one token, one vote as in many other proof of stake network or delegated proof of stake networks. So we have 40 nodes and we have a scoring system called the i-score which is supposed to put power in the hands of developers now we'll have a paper coming out shortly that will detail exactly what goes into this score but some things that will likely be considered in your score would be obviously the number of tokens that you have while it's not the heaviest weight there's also the number of smart contracts you've deployed and the number of transactions that have gone through those smart contracts. So if you have a very successful decentralized application on the icon network, you can actually accumulate a very high score and you can vote for yourself and start uh, earning more block rewards because you've contributed more to the community. And if your community votes you in and you gather up enough score between your own score and your delegated score, you can end up running a node and actually funding the operations of your DAP through uh, new money supply created through the block awards. That's what we'd like to see. We'd like to see new money supply in the hands of people who are going to be uh, prudently reinvesting it.
1: Okay. So um, as, as a coin or, or, or as, as a, as whatever it is that you guys are ultimately doing, are you guys trying to um, be a new economical system for everything or are you trying to go for specific niches?
2: No, I mean so the ICX coin will function pretty similarly to Ethereum, except with these uh, added benefits of being factored into your delegated proof of contribution score, which okay. uh, your I score, like your the amount of coins that you have, will be a factor in that. And then it'll also function similarly to Ethereum, where to send a transaction, there'll be a small amount of ICX fees to um, execute a smart contract. Like the more complex the transaction. The more ICX it will require to cover the fees, and the way Ethereum has gas, Icon has step.
1: Yes, I had read. I had read about that one, which we'll get into in a moment. So basically, anybody, any business that that can use it, uh, you know, there's no. It's not a, for a specific niche. It's not for a specific company. It's for anybody and everybody to evo- to eventually connect.
2: Yes, the ICX token is to fuel the Icon ecosystem.
1: Got it. Okay, excellent. So, t- can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, who are you? What What is your background? Where Where, where did you come from prior to, uh, you getting into crypto?
2: Sure. So, in 2016, I graduated with a master's degree in finance and MSF from Vanderbilt University. Then, from there, I did two years of investment banking at Deutsche Bank, and I started getting into crypto while I was still at Deutsche Bank. I worked sp- specifically with asset-backed securities, and there's a lot of potential use cases for blockchain in that industry as I started learning more about you know, what smart contracts are and how they could be applied. So I started spending my nights and weekends studying about blockchain, studying about smart contracts, and learning about different projects.
1: Uh, you were the life of the I party to- then, clearly.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, What little free time I had while in banking was definitely spent educating myself on crypto. So I didn't have much of a life while I was working at Deutsche Bank. Then I, so I went to a conference uh, and Min Kim was speaking. Min is one of the founding members uh, and current council members of the ICON Foundation. And I learned a lot about ICON. I became very interested in the project and Min is ex-Deutsche Bank. I was current Deutsche Bank at the time. So I set up that classic networking phone call hey how did you go from banking into cryptocurrency i'm very interested in doing the same. and eventually after enough phone calls he said we're starting this accelerator program in san francisco icx station as you mentioned earlier and he asked if i'd be willing to come on board and help him set that up
1: awesome so what is an accelerator program
2: yeah so i didn't really know what it was either when when i first started and when i first heard it but Apparently it's a big thing out in San Francisco and in the Bay area, like uh, some of the bigger ones, just in traditional accelerator programs is like Y Combinator and 500 startups. And essentially they try and be uh, extremely early stage investment, but it's more of like a strategic investor. So I'll just talk about specifically what ICX station has to offer. So if you want to build your business uh, using the icon protocol as your under, uh, the, as the underlying technology, you can come to us and we'll give you up to a one hundred thousand dollar investment, ideally the first check you've received for a negotiable percentage of your company or your total network value. Then we set up weekly meetings, we open up a direct line of communication with our developers. So you have a Slack channel to ask any questions as you're building your smart contract. We help you with token economics design. We help you uh meet investors through hosting demo days. And since, so, so what a demo day is, this is like the classic part of an accelerator program is at the end of like the 12 week program where we've coached you, we've helped you with your pitch deck, uh, your technology, you have maybe a minimum viable product. Now at the end of this program, you get to, we, we host what's called a demo day, where we try and get all of our investor networks together, all of the companies coming through the accelerator program together and the companies then pitch, like, you know, three to five minute pitches each in front of all these investors. And then we have like a networking session afterwards and you have the opportunity to try and raise capital by being in the same room with uh, a lot of venture capitalists. That's, so
1: it's kind of like, I mean, sorry to to use this analogy, but it's like, what's what I'm seeing in my head. It's like Shark Tank, but for crypto? Uh,
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, with so, your foundation? Uh, like definitely a lot of people who had not heard of an accelerator started to uh try and compare it to Shark Tank. Like the demo day itself I guess is comparable to an episode of Shark Tank, but the process of getting there is obviously much different.
1: Yes, yeah, it's not it's not a TV personality thing. That's really yeah. cool actually. That's really and uh, I guess you're saying that this is something that's uh being done kind of regularly throughout throughout the Bay Area?
2: So this is something that has been common practice for a while, not necessarily in the crypto industry. So we're trying to bring this like bay area mentality of being this like strategic investor and helping companies get off the ground like you know i think um you know airbnb went through y combinator i'm pretty sure is one of the success stories of y combinator's accelerator program like this is a traditional equity kind of uh, early stage startup program and now we're applying it to crypto uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency based projects
1: all right well, that's really cool so so um is, is this so what what about cryptocurrency and just kind of going back a little bit drew you in coming from Deutsche Bank like what what made you, like I know you said something about uh assets uh, uh digitally backed <laughs> assets and specifically but like was that it or or was there something more to it
2: I would say you know what really got me first involved I'll be completely honest I downloaded the I downloaded Coinbase and I saw the chart for Ethereum and I saw it go from like you know, $40 up to like 150 or whatever it was at the time. And I was Got like, it. I just need to learn more. Like, I have to learn more. Like, I obviously am missing something here. Whether or not it's a scam, I should, know, I should know with certainty that it's a scam. If it's not a scam, I need to know why it went up from $40 each to $150 each over the course of a month. Like, I need to understand what's going on here. So that's really what sparked my initial interest was the, from the investor side of things. And then Absolutely. when I started getting more about the technology and how it applied to my business at Deutsche Bank, that's when I really fell down the rabbit hole, per se. Uh,
1: well, did you ever find that answer as to why it went up? Because we all want to know what <laughs> has been triggering that.
2: I think it had something to do with this thing called an ICO. <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> well,
1: well, thanks for the sharing on that one. Uh, so let's go Let's go into LoopChain. Uh, you were specifically intrigued with, with LoopChain. Um what what was intriguing to you about it?
2: So I think I'll just take this opportunity to clarify. Oh, what... chain, sorry, Icon. ICX. Oh, oh Icon. Okay. Sounds good. Um so what I found really interesting about Icon is the focus on real world use case and the traction that their enterprise version has had in Korea through relationships with banking institutions, hospitals, insurance companies, and universities. So I'll also take this opportunity to kind of describe Loopchain, which yes. you touched on accidentally earlier. Uh, yeah,
1: it was all these words are going into my because you, every, every <laughs> coin has their own vocabulary and it sometimes gets mixed up into <laughs> your head a little bit.
2: <laughs> totally understandable. So I think a good way to think about it, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Quorum, but there's Ethereum, which is the public blockchain. And then there's Quorum, which is a private version that's almost identical to Ethereum that was developed by JP Morgan for enterprise purposes. So what we have is Icon, which is the public blockchain. And then we have this blockchain as a service firm called Icon Loop that sells their blockchain as a service called Loopchain. And that is an enterprise product. And then what Icon is trying to be is the bridge that connects all of these different enterprise loopchains. And what I found extremely interesting about Icon when I first started paying paying attention to it was the focus on interoperability between enterprise chains. I think if you're going to have an entire economy, an entire city built with a blockchain backbone, you need to have, there's gonna be a lot of isolated blockchains that need to be able to communicate somehow. And I think that value is extremely important. I think that level of infrastructure in the blockchain space is necessary for it to gain the adoption that we want.
1: Now, and I've heard this before saying that, you know, the way crypto is set up now, something neat, uh, something different needs to happen for businesses in order for businesses to come on board and and enterprises to come on board. Um, uh, so when you have all these uh, different blockchains that need to communicate each other, like, can you give me a somewhat kind of an example to kind of explain how, how why they would need to communicate with each other or who are they communicating to?
2: Sure. I think like a decent example about like a steady state future where all of this technology has uh, ironed out its kinks would be, let's say you go to the hospital, then the hosp- the hospital blockchain has your medical records yeah. and they have like, you know, why you came into the hospital, like he's got a broken leg, right? But they don't store your insurance information. Right. So you have a different consortium and a different blockchain storing that information. But ideally, upon entering the hospital, they should be able to have the hospital blockchain communicate with the insurance blockchain and treat you according to your insurance policy.
1: Oh, so automatically activating the smart contracts between the two.
2: Between the two blockchains, uh, like the. It's not necessarily a transfer of value between the two blockchains, rather the querying of information and in an efficient way to query information.
1: Which would be wonderful because then you could do that on a global scale instantly, Well, yeah. as as fast as possible, as fast as possible, depending on the blockchain. Um, yes, absolutely. That's, that sounds great. That sounds really, really wonderful. So, uh, is is looped? I've heard of side chains uh, and parent and child chains is this kind of like how, how loop chain is kind of working
2: so i think the early stages of icon we call it the icon nexus mm-hmm. would be like uh, essentially the parent chain and then all these loop chains on the side these like smaller enterprise chains that are very niche i think that's the first phase if you will but in a steady state we'd like to be able to connect with other public blockchains that have their own child chains and be able to create more of like this uh, extended family rather than one parent with a bunch of children you 'd like to create this situation where multiple blockchain multiple public blockchains can connect to each other as well
1: yeah that sounds that's cool. definitely
2: in the uh in the goals for sure
1: yeah i um I was reading a little bit under your um under your information on your website and they were talking about like you have some in, in Korea, you have a few like insurance companies and a few security companies and, and hospitals kind of all working together out in Korea. And I was just thinking that how great it would be. Because my mother, when she was, um, my mother had a stroke about 10 years ago. And to get the information from one hospital to the other so that way they can have her background, her medical information, took forever um, to get through... To get through, uh, you know, bureaucracy and and the red tape and all the other stuff, and finally to actually get the records over to them, it just took a long time. I was uh, this sounded like a wonderful solution if they're all working with each other somehow, some way.
2: Absolutely, that would just be a ent- enterprise implementation of a blockchain for hospital specific. So, like th- that specific situation you just described is definitely a hospital specific issue. Like, let's say in a lot of blockchain ecosystems it's just like general purpose blockchain right so every even if there was like insurance companies and banks all involved in this that are uh all if they were all on the same blockchain then they would all need to be maintaining these records that certainly are not pertinent to them so that's why i think it's appealing to have these smaller blockchains that are more niche and use case focused that are linked together with a general purpose blockchain is kind of like the backbone
1: yeah i definitely agree with that um as, as definitely a functionality of, of what the future will hold for, for hopefully when cryptocurrency and everything kind of comes to fruition. Um, now you guys use, you guys said uh, delegated proof of contribution. Um, can you explain how that whole, how you guys reach consensus on, on your blockchain?
2: Yeah, sure. So I, I touched on it earlier uh-huh. and just to start at delegated proof of stake in general. Okay the idea of just delegated proof of stake and how you reach consensus is that you have, let's say there's 40 nodes as there is with Icon. Then in simple delegated proof of stake, just those who have accumulated the most votes, uh, the top 40 votes, those nodes are participating in consensus. And then from there, like once you're in the top 40, there's just a random uh, an algorithm that randomizes which node proposes the block and then which nodes are voting on on the block to for its correctness and its honesty. So that's just delegated proof of stake in general. Okay. And that's how those systems work. Now what we've done is instead of just one coin one vote, like I was saying earlier, it's more focused on developers to have the power and the control over governance and being the ones, you know, updating the network and maintaining its security, which I think makes a lot of sense. And instead of just one coin, one vote, it's a scoring mechanism based off of your contribution to the network. So I'm looking forward to seeing the paper myself. We have some a team dedicated to working just on this, but I have my own, uh, I guess, assumptions about what I think is gonna be in there. And I think it's gonna be based on uh, how many smart contracts you've deployed, how much interaction those smart contracts have had, how many transactions you've done and of course how many coins you hold. But it's not just one for one how many coins you hold. It's based on this weighted metric of, of a couple of different factors more focused on development efforts.
1: Yeah, and I looked uh through the white paper a little bit and you have something called a C rep which is I believe the person who controls the node. Is that correct?
2: Correct. So in our yellow paper which expounds upon that idea a little bit more. Mm-hmm we've introduced the concept of a prep as well and what these are so p reps and c reps they sp- stand for public representative and community representative respectively and these are consensus nodes so these are nodes that are going to be in that top 40 in terms of total score their their own personal score plus the score delegated to them and the difference between a community representative and a public representative is that a community representative also has the interchain capabilities where they're representing the interests of both the ICON network as a whole as well as their individual community. So in my prior example, if there was a hospital blockchain that wanted to be connected to the ICON public blockchain, the hospital blockchain would decide on one trusted node within their private blockchain to represent their community on the ICON public blockchain, to vote on public blockchain po- governance policies, to vote on things like percentage of new money supply, like uh, what how, how much each block reward is going to be, like things of that nature. And then a public representative just sits on, it's just a consensus note on the ICON public blockchain not representing the interests of any other side chain or community chain.
1: Alright, so, um um this is very intriguing to me. So they're all kind of community uh, the public the public representative is definitely overlooking the the community representative when they're com- trying to interact with the public Is that that's correct that's like how it's supposed to work
2: i think a good way to think about this is just like the like uh, almost like a balance of powers uh-huh. like if it was if it was all public representatives and no community representatives then there would be no influence on the icon like matters affecting the icon public blockchain would be the representing the interests only of icon, not of the communities connected to it. Like there could be situations in which a hospital chain would vote differently than a representative that cared only about icon. Like there may be specific technological upgrades that let's say the nodes are voting on priority, which upgrade needs to be implemented first. And if there was something that had to do with interchain communication, I would think the community representatives would be more incentivized to vote yes for helping the interchain communication upgrade rather than some other upgrade, maybe proposed just for the benefit of the icon network itself. So, since they're representing interests of their own smaller chain as well as the public chain, they have maybe different voting mechanisms or voting incentives.
1: Got it. So, and you said as of right now, there's 40 so there would be 40 public representatives under the 40 nodes
2: right now as it stands Uh that's how it would be okay Uh, but as mm interchain communication becomes a thing more c reps will 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 come around as well
1: got it so there's gonna so it will expand it won't just stay stick with the 40
2: um oh uh, we're starting with 40 and then to add more to the network there would that would be a vote by the existing 40. So they would need to come to a majority consensus to add more nodes.
1: Okay, so that's how it would work. Okay, I was just curious yeah. as how the because yep. this is a different style than what I've kind of heard in terms of uh in terms of how um how they how to create more nodes. Um would there be a reason uh I'm assuming that there's probably going to be more nodes because you would need more nodes to to make the transactions faster, or am I wrong on that?
2: So, actually, more nodes decrease the scalability because you need more participants to confirm something before it's finalized, right? So, if there's more nodes participating in consensus, then it's actually slower. Oh, okay, so... Think about trying to get a uh, t- uh, you know a thousand people to agree on something instead of just ten
1: which is would be okay, which would be a task got it <laughs> yeah. uh that that makes a lot of sense so so a big part of your guys' uh um what makes you very different from what I've heard in ethereum is your is your version of governance, which I believe this is basically. Gov- what governance is? Everybody's kind of voting on the next possible thing within their community or within the actual ecosystem itself. Is that yeah?
2: So what I just touched on and the whole delegated proof of contribution mm-hmm. definitely is an aspect of governance.
1: Is there anything else where governance would be uh, um w- 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 will affect throughout the blockchain? Because I'm I'm actually just kind of getting into understanding what governance is because not every not every Coin has that or not every ecosystem has that. So, um, is there any other besides this, is there any other reason for, uh, for governance to be
2: utilized? Yes. So there's, I think something we can look at just in the media recently is what's going on with Ethereum and their impending upgrades. So right now there's no, there could be actually, I'm not familiar with a clearly defined governance system Mm -hmm. on Ethereum and like how to make these decisions whether to prioritize plasma and sharding style upgrades or whether to incorporate upgrades related to the block reward or even whether or not to raise or lower the block reward. These are all things that require consensus among the nodes because they all need to be running like a uh, similar software. And in the icon and icons network, We do have a clearly defined governance system for when someone either wants to make a change to the network or a change to the amount of block rewards or a change to the amount of nodes or even the governance system itself. And it's all outlined in what we call the (laughs) I-Constitution.
1: Which I've seen and I thought that was a very clever name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay, that's that's really... Interesting, and I and I like the idea of of everybody as a community, as a as a as a whole, kind of bringing some sort of influence. Um, it kind of sounds like it would be a it would kind of create a, a global like senate, an economic global senate. If this were to take off,
2: yeah, that would be that would be a very interesting situation for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh. So now you have um to to make it run. You said you have something called step. So if somebody were to use icon uh the icx token uh sorry the icx coin um would anybody would you also need to purchase step as well to make it work or is it kind of like how you just automatically have gas whenever you use ethereum
2: yes it's exactly the same as ethereum same idea as hmm. as as ethereum yeah it's like it's just a, a measure of the transaction fees is called gas instead of or it's called step instead of icx the way that Ethereum's gas is a measurement of their transaction piece. Got
1: it. Got it. So uh, is there anything in terms of um, what is the next big, what is the next big step for icon that they, that, that you feel uh, you guys are trying to accomplish as of right now?
2: I would like to see the network decentralized as soon as possible. So we were talking a lot about delegated proof of contribution and these 40 nodes, Right now, the Icon found it that's none of that is implemented, and I'm very excited to see how the community comes together to decentralize the Icon network.
1: Is there a time? Is there like a time uh, schedule on that as to when you guys would like to be that, or are you guys just waiting for certain things to kind of fall in line?
2: Nothing I can share, unfortunately. Oh, how
1: dare you! Um, <laughs> I'm just asking, just asking. Uh, okay, so um, now as of right now. Uh, what, where do you see Icon going in the next like two years? Is is it just you're focusing on decentralization, or is there something more on top of that within the next two years that you guys are trying to
2: hit up? Oh like man, one. two years, yeah. two years is like a lifetime in cryptocurrency. It basically like, is, uh, yeah. You know, I could say for the next couple of months, you know, what we're focusing on, but two years is just is just too far away. Too far Yeah. Then yeah. Whatever. <laughs>
1: whatever. In the more, I'm talking more immediate future, just because what are you? What do you guys focus on for the for for changes that we could possibly hear about? coming up or, or, or next goals, obviously, decentralization being one of them. Is there anything else?
2: So, yeah, I think you can. we're starting to have more initiatives on building a developer community, such as, like, developer incentive programs. We haven't ironed out anything specific in terms of how we're going to incentivize developers, but we're putting together some plans. And I think we should start seeing more interesting decentralized applications built on top of ICON especially through the growth and expansion of ICX station and their respective, and their respective launch pads. So I'm definitely starting to see more applications to the, to ICX station to get into the accelerator program. And I'm looking forward to seeing more businesses and more projects, uh, using the icon technology, using icons technology.
1: Excellent. So, uh, now, I want to ask you personally, just because this is a very new field, it's a very different field, um, compared to your traditional banking job that, you, that, that, had been, that, you know, that people have done, how is blockchain different, working in blockchain different from your old job?
2: Oh man, so many ways. So first of all, I definitely liked my job a lot. It was an incredible opportunity to work at a global investment bank and learn a ton about finance and and how things work. And I work with some incredible people as well. But the job that I have now is is so different in so many ways. I have much more responsibility and much more autonomy in terms of decision-making, in terms of strategy. And, you know, that's really exciting to me. I've never had that kind of opportunity. Another cool thing about working in blockchain is you touch so many different industries. And you learn so many different things because of the potential impact blockchain technology can have across these different industry verticals. So I've spoken to companies pitching me on the potential use case in supply chain. And then in order for me to evaluate this company, I need to do some serious research about supply chain management and the current pain points. Then I've had companies pitch to me that want to do sports betting. And I get to learn about the various regulatory environments around the world and within my own country. I get to learn about How much, yeah, and how all these different industries work. I mean, I'm learning so much about all these different industries as as different companies come and and explain their ideas to me and how blockchain can be used.
1: So, in your opinion, people who are graduating from high school, like for example this year, who are interested in crypto, uh, that want to get because you came from investment banking, is there another? Should they add on to that, into their studies, into the repertoire, or or, assume, or is it kind of like a trial by fire, like you have to sink or swim once you come out of college and, and into the blockchain
2: industry? I think blockchain in general is a kind of intersection between a few dif- different industries, some of which I'm strong in, some of which I have no experience in. I would say it's a combination of economics and finance and computer science and game theory and psychology. So wow. you need to think. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot packed in there. I certainly don't have the experience in computer science. Conceptually, I understand what's happening. But put me in front of a computer screen and, and give me a keyboard and I'd have no idea how to build any of the things that we just talked about. But outside of like specifically building it, you need to think about how this could be could be attacked, how the average rational person would behave, which is like kind of the economic theory. And then you got to think about irrational pe- people as well, which is kind of like the psychology as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's, uh, it, when I, when I, I, I come, I come from film and so does Andy. He comes from, uh, we come in, uh, from production and we've learned that you have to kind of be a jack of all trades and you have to learn about a bunch of different things because, uh, a movie, a TV show can be about anything and everything all at one time. Um, that's why I think we gravitated toward crypto because it affected everything and anything. Um, at any given moment so hearing you say that what, mentally you have to learn learn all these different things just kind of boggles me uh boggles okay. my mind and just kind of i hope the kids can do it and i, I think they can <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens uh i i fear for my daughter's education in terms of like how much she's gonna have to study uh to um, but but awesome so um uh do you feel like like this is definitely something that 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 no matter what is going to stick around for a long time, um, whether it be icon or do you think crypto is definitely the way is, is there, is there anything from your old job that going to, that you feel like is going to go to the wayside because of this technology?
2: I think this technology has the ability to give one optionality to like be your own bank and, and operate outside of the traditional fiat economy. And then, and then two, you also have, the opportunity to trim down traditional businesses. Like at my old job, there's people who come into work every day and have full salaries and bonuses and, and these entire departments of people dedicated to things that I know blockchain can just handle on its own. That can be automated away. And yeah, that's definitely, you know, like I feel for these people and we'll see what happens. I think there'll be other opportunities in society and maybe more sharing economy kind of jobs where people can make a living. But I definitely think like the traditional investment bank of the future is going to be a much slimmer beast. It's going to have, you know, salespeople, uh, some front office, like client facing people, but a lot of the back office and middle office kind of like settlement and, and, and clearing and like all, all everything that goes into the blockchain middle office or the, traditional investment banking middle office like legal contracts a lot of this can be settled and written onto a blockchain
1: now i'm i know you don't come from uh, i mean i know you don't come from a, a, a programming background or anything like that uh so coming from your background what do you feel needs to change just in the cryptocurrency space in order to make it more user-friendly in order to make it more easily adopted
2: I think a key just overarching theme is that to really reach adoption, you need to have people not know that they're using blockchain or like even have to understand how blockchain works to use it. I mean, personally, like, I mean, I've learned a little bit just from entering this space, but I don't really know how the internet works. Yeah. You know, I don't really know, like when I touch, you know, an app on my iPhone, like what actually happens to make it open. Like, I, I don't want to have to understand the technology to use it. And right now, that's certainly not the case. Like, when I'm sending Ethereum to somebody, I need to know to go to my Ether wallet and not get fished on some <laughs> fake website. I need to know uh, my private key. I need to know what a private key is. I need to know the public address of the person I'm sending it to. You know, you can't just say, hey, my name's Scott Smiley. Send me some Ethereum at, like, scott.smiley at ETH or whatever like it doesn't it doesn't really work that way right now although with blockchain naming services we we could kind of get in that direction or maybe just like contact lists in general like yeah there are a few, you know, t- there, there are f- a few
1: tipping wallets or dip- tipping programs out there that can help you do that with through like twitter handles and stuff like that
2: cool yeah so I, I we're definitely working in that direction um but yeah i think like in general people need to be able to see the power of the blockchain without even knowing that they're using it
1: I completely agree. I, I mean, what I love about the security is uh, and and does Icon Icon has uh, uh or does I C X token have wallets already available for everybody to use or not yet?
2: We do. It's called Icon X, Icon then E X, and we have it for iOS, Android, and Chrome extension. Oh,
1: wonderful. And so and through there, you also have seed words, and 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 your yep. private key and your public key in the same fashion that we're kind of used to. Correct.
2: That's correct. Yeah,
1: so the, I I feel as much as that, that that's the Uber security right there. But I feel that that just those three simple concepts that I find like are you know second nature to me now, are still very difficult for people to grasp. Um, yeah, exactly. Right yeah. So hopefully we we'll, we can get we'll we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, well, Scott, um, thank you so much. I want to have you stay on for a little while longer. Um, after we done, but I want to say bye to the folks. Where can people find more information about uh, I, I, the ICX station, Icon Foundation, um, yourself, anything?
2: Absolutely. So, if you're a developer, we have a developer-focused Telegram channel. If you use Telegram, it's t.me/slash/icondevs. Then we have general information about Icon. We have our white paper and yellow papers detailing transaction fees, governance, and our general vision. That's at icon.foundation. And then, if you have a blockchain idea or a startup that you're you would like to apply to our accelerator program, you can learn more information at icxstation.com.
0: Wow, that was really informative, Daniel. Uh, and again, very good job with the interview, Scott. Scott, like you said, very cool guy. Very interesting project. Um, what were your biggest takeaways?
1: Um, it was interesting to see a an entire currency that relies so heavily on votes between nodes and stuff so so my question becomes how do we make sure that that doesn't get corrupted you know like in there are people who are in offices around the world not just america that are fraudulent and and very scammy and slimy and they get there somehow so the question becomes how do we make sure that that doesn't happen with the cryptocurrency with the global economy right. so i'm interested to see to see the future of this i do like the fact that there is um, a lot of uh, voting involved, and um, hopefully everything that they're saying does make sense. It does. Uh, it does in terms of a technology. It does make sense. It, t- it seems very necessary for for speed and other things. Um, so we can hope that these uh, little the whole loop chain definitely works out.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool to hear the project. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Like sometimes not doing the interviews, it's interesting because I'm I'm listening to it just like. I would if I was a fan or just wanted to learn about the project. So I'm actually more interested now. I think when we originally researched it, we didn't really understand too. Well. I was very, you know, yeah, I, I it remember was really complicated, right? And and like you said, I'm going to try to listen to the old one too because that's really interesting. Um, again, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, for any newcomers that might have joined us through that circle uh, and community that Scott's a part of, welcome. Uh, you can find older episodes on thecoinboys.com. We have guest hosts. We have other projects. We have also exciting things ahead, a lot of other episodes to talk about. Um, just check out thecoinboys.com. Hit those buttons. you got Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And then on top of that, we're very active on Twitter and Instagram. Coinboys Podcast on Twitter. Coinboys Instagram is Coinboys Cast. Excellent. Uh, that's a lot of. You so breathe, and I we live in a time of this much social media. I
1: know. I, I just. We should just have the menu up on uh, the website, and you can actually just click on the website and just go yes. straight over to
0: where you want to go. So yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much, and, and uh, thanks, Scott, again for coming on, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.